This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. This game means the world to us. I'm sure it means the world to Ohio State. So they're going to open their playbook and they're going to give us the wrinkles that they worked on in the offseason. And we got to be ready to match those when they come out. So I think I think that's the biggest the biggest difference in, in a game like this is you're, you're going to see some things you aren't ready for. And you guys have to be able to adapt and adjust and play rules football and, 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 and go play defense. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan now, as you just heard, Nebraska's defensive coordinator Eric Shenander talking about the challenge at hand, uh, almost a nightmare-type challenge for a defensive coordinator to open a season against a team as talented as Ohio State with a quarterback like Justin Fields. And here to talk more about the Buckeyes, Kevin Noon, the, the publisher and owner of Buckeye Grove of the Rivals.com network. Kevin, it's been a long time coming but we finally made it, buddy. I'm looking forward to getting out to Columbus here uh, on Friday. Yeah, I never, I never thought we were going to finish the uh, cross the finish line. To be quite honest, it just uh, kept dragging and dragging and dragging, and three versions of the schedule, and and then stop downs and everything else. And you know, now we're here, and uh, you know, I'm let, I'm ready to see some football. Let's go. What is the buzz like out there? I mean, you, you talk about going into Columbus. Obviously, normally it is the toughest venue, arguably, in the country to play a game in, particularly at night. I've been there many times for night games. But what are you expecting out there? What is the town of Columbus like, knowing that you know tens of thousands of season ticket holders won't be inside Ohio Stadium like they normally are on game day Saturdays? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and they're not allowing tailgating on campus. Campus police will be going through, kindly asking people to disperse if they attempt to. So, yeah, it's 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 a, it's a surreal scene, honestly, because I mean, this is this is one of one of the big games. This is a game that if there were home tickets on the dynamic pricing, they would be getting a premium for because it's Nebraska, because it's a blue blood. But you know, that's not going to be the case with. Less than 2,000 people, including workers, players, media, everybody, 2,000 people being in the stadium. Uh, it, it's going to be a, a, a very different scene. It's certainly going to take away the home field advantage in terms of noise and some of the things uh, along those lines. But you know, Ohio State still will have the familiarity of knowing their locker room and knowing their routines and everything else. So you know, I'm not ready to say that there's zero home field advantage but it's just not the same. Yeah, for a road team like Nebraska, going in there for a noon game with no fans, I mean, it's about as favorable of a setting as you're ever going to get in Ohio Stadium. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's not going to be a case of not being able to to not know your snap counts and things along those lines. The Big Ten has come out and said that uh, during run of game, you're allowed to have a a 70 decibel track of noise that's been provided by the conference that's allowed to go up to 90 decibels when, uh, you know, it's a celebratory moment. And, you know, we're not talking much louder than, you know, kind of a rusty old lawnmower at that point. So it's it's not going to be the cheerleaders and the fans and the band and everything else along those lines. So it's, it's, it's going to be different than a lot of these games that we've watched in the run up to this point to even where they have 10, 12, 15,000 fans in attendance. I mean, this is seriously going to be that old sitcom laugh tracks type of situation. I, I'm, I'm not even really quite sure what to expect quite honestly, outside of just kind of what I've read. Maybe they'll mix in some Kevin Warren drops in the, in the, in the game day scene in the stadium for a good laugh. Oh, Lord. Uh, you know, all that would do is just anger both sides when you're sitting there and you're looking at two of the programs that fought the hardest to bring this uh, 
this season back from uh, from life support, and you know somebody in uh, Rosemont sure has a, a funny sense of humor, to, uh, you know, putting these two teams together. I mean, quite honestly, you go back to version uh, 1.0 of the schedule, and this was already a scheduled crossover game, so it wasn't like this game materialized, but it being week one just just seems to be a little funny to me you're you're uh, we're talking here to kevin noon the publisher of buckeyegrove.com you're listening here to the husker online show and let, let's talk more about this this buckeye team kevin obviously there's not a lot of flaws but they did lose chase young um so there are some questions about the the pass rush just when you lose a guy like that but we know they always reload and then the running game with jk dobbins gone and i believe you guys had an injury there as well um i mean w- what are your concerns on paper today, you know, as far as questions you have about this Buckeye team? Honestly, the two things that I would bring up would be, first of all, interior defensive line. They lost a slew of production with Robert Landers and with uh, Jay Sean Cornell and with Devon Hamilton all running out of eligibility and on to the next level. Ohio State doesn't have a lot of depth there after Haskell Garrett was involved in an off uh, off-field incident where he was actually shot in the face, but uh, he's doing just fine, but I wouldn't expect him to be ready to roll here in week one. And uh, Teron Vincent is also slowed with injury, and I'm not sure that he would be ready. So they're paper thin at that position. When you're trying to uh, go four across on your line, and yes, as you mentioned, you don't have Chase Young, but once the Bosa's left, it's always been who's the next guy up, who's the next guy up. Ohio State's next guy up is a guy named Zach Harrison, but if you're not getting that push from the interior line, there's a concern there. And then, then my other concern would be just is the secondary ready. Ohio State, for about half a moment, was looking at the, the, the possibility of not having any returning starters when Sean Wade opted out. But that was only for a course of a couple days before the announcement that the schedule was coming back. He'll be back in that premier corner position but they're replacing a um, they're replacing three defensive backs who are all in the NFL with Jordan Fuller at safety and the cornerbacks uh, Damon Arnett and uh, Jeffrey Okuda, all three players playing in the National Football League. Uh, Ohio State certainly has the talent. They certainly have the bodies, but they may be a little short on experience. So, you know, in in this year where it appears that offenses are much further ahead than defenses, Ohio State certainly has its own issues on defense as well. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show as we talked to Kevin Noon, and you know you said earlier how Nebraska and Ohio State were the two teams that really fought to bring Big Ten football back. I mean, what's your sense? I mean, uh, Scott Frost said this um, earlier in the week, and I imagine Buckeye fans have a similar take that, hey, you know what? Um, I'm not rooting for Nebraska against Ohio Ohio State, but I'm going to root for them the rest of the way. And I think Nebraska fans are similar with the Buckeyes. They've almost become allies and mutual aligned political friends uh, throughout this entire process. And it'll be kind of fun to see the seasons play out. Absolutely. I think that's a very true statement. And I think for three and a half hours on Saturday, you're going to see that uh, that uh, thin alliance uh, disappear as uh, obviously Nebraska wants to come in here and upset the heavily favored Buckeyes and the Buckeyes with national championship uh, aspirations on their mind are, you know, they, there are not a lot of games out there to, 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 to dilly dally around with. Uh, I think fans are going to want to see the Buckeyes put 50 or 60 points up if possible. But then again, that's the goal all the time. But as soon as the final gun sounds and the clock reads uh, triple zeros, 
I definitely think you're going to see a lot of Ohio State fans who are going to be pulling for Nebraska throughout the course of the season. And, you know, if we get to a point where we have a Big Ten championship game and these two teams were to meet again, I think you'd see a couple of Ohio State fans out there willing to buy a beer or two for Nebraska fans out there at Kilroy's or somewhere in Indianapolis. Yeah, and uh, bars, by the way, in Columbus, not that we'll be going to bars, but you guys are in a pretty strict shutdown there still, like 10 o'clock closures of bars. And, you know, it, it's what is like the COVID scene in Columbus these days? Yeah, I believe, and I'm an old man, so I don't go out as much as I used to. Or well, I'm married, so I don't go out as much as I used to. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I believe it's 10 o'clock, last call, get the heck out of here at 11. So with Ohio State's Week 2 game at Penn State being a 7.30 Eastern start, uh, that does not bode well uh, when that game is going to be in the fourth quarter and they're saying you can't order any more drinks. So, yeah, I mean, Ohio certainly does have some uh, restrictions in place in terms of uh, adult beverage establishments, but, you know, just got to kind of, you know, fight your way through it, I guess. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting case study all the way across the Big Ten at places like State College or Pennsylvania and, and our, in Michigan and Nebraska and Iowa, you know, places where – they're big venues of 70 to 100 plus thousand fans that fill these places that, you know, what are these fans going to be doing and, you know, how will, you know, with COVID and the restrictions out there, I'll be curious kind of to see how this opening weekend goes. Yeah, I have, a, I have a several friends who are bar and restaurant owners in town, and we've talked at length about this first week being really an interesting test to kind of see how things go down. I mean, obviously week two is going to be different with it being a night game, but you have to figure most of the schedule is we're in October, November, December is going to be in that 12 and 3.30 Eastern windows just to kind of see how things are consumed at that point to see if people people do go out, if people go out in large groups and then end up summarily having that broken up by health officials, how all of that's going to work. Uh, you know, I know I'm going to be interested in it, but, you know, thankfully I'm going to be at Ohio Stadium from uh, – 10 a.m. to probably about 4 p.m. on Saturday, and I'll 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 check into all of that after after we're done putting our final words on paper for uh, from this game. Well, Kevin, I'm looking forward to getting out there. Um, it'll be my first time on a plane since January going out to Columbus, but I know we're going to get to dinner uh, get together for dinner Friday night. So I'm looking forward to getting a chance to see you and and getting out and watching a Big Ten college football game. Absolutely, looking forward to it. All right, much more to come here. On the Husker Online Show, we'll close things out with Nate Klaus. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.